With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Jason Bryant here of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And our latest archive episode will come from December 9th, 2008. This is with... Nebraska head wrestling coach Mark Manning. This is from Wrestling 411, recorded live at KOG Studios on the campus of Augsburg College in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mark Manning, along with Kyle Klingman and yours truly, Jason Bryant, on the Wrestling 411 archive here on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Coming to you live, this is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pinning combination. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Lightspeed coverage like electrical bolts. We up 24-7 like a heartbeat's pulse. And this the 411 if you want the results. If it happens on the map, then we gotta report. And this is wrestling, man, the realest sport that's around. And if you didn't know about it, this is how it's going down. International coverage to them NCAAs. Everything on demand, and you can have it your way. With the latest recruits, rankings, spoken interviews. Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news. Want a technique tip or something really entertaining? Here's a double like glass that'll keep you motivated. You're training like a madman, getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one. Coming fresh up off the press, you were about to get some. And on to the wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman, joined by Tiny Dancer. Jason Bryant. What's up, Jason? Uh, it's, I'm not exactly that tiny, and I'm not exactly a very good dancer. So, um, That's a great song. That was a great song. It led us right in here on KOG today. It was, uh, it's part of our, one of our favorite movies, as we were talking about before, before we went on air here. Uh, it's almost famous, so uh, great, great tune by Elton John. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're trying to make wrestling famous with this show. Famous or infamous? <laughs> infamous. Infamous like El Wapo from the Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Yes. Oh, yeah. But uh, I still know that dance. That is I, yeah, I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm glad. So. And it, you yeah. can't see, if you have this on podcast, you're listening live, you can't see that Jason Bryant is wearing a Santa hat right now. Ho, ho, ho. If you uh, watch the broadcast on Wrestling411.tv, which is brought to you by our sponsors, Jason, and that's a great lead-in for you. Man, you always just script out the lead-ins, which, uh, you know, it gives me a heads-up. I'm aware when they're coming, but at the same point, uh, that tells us, it gives us a little chance to talk about the Amateur Athletic Union, one of our tournament sponsors, also our camp sponsors, Campbellville University Wrestling Camps, and Coach Frankie James, Brian Smith's Tiger-style wrestling camps. Thank you to Coach Brian Smith at the University of Missouri, Iowa, and now Iowa Wrestling Camps, coached by Tom Brands, Iowa State Wrestling Camps, and Coach Cale Sanderson, Jay Robinson Wrestling Camps, and Kevin Dresser Wrestling Camps. Oddly enough, with their namesakes as a title, thank you very much. Bruce Burnett and the United States Naval Academy. Kyle's got a nice little I got my uh, hat on today. chapeau today. I got my hat. Uh, the Nebraska Husker Wrestling Camps, Coach Mark Manning. The Penn State Nittany Lion Wrestling Camps, Coach Troy Sunderland. Southern Oregon University Wrestling Camps, Coach Mike Ritchie. And St. Andrews Presbyterian College Wrestling Camps and Coach Joe Baranek. That's quite a list. It's quite a list. I've got it pretty much committed to memory. That is a great list. And we thank them very much. They've been on board for a, from day one, a lot of them. And some have gotten on board as we've gone along, and they understand the project and understand the importance of promoting wrestling. So we appreciate that, wrestling411.tv. And, uh, man, getting this hat was uh, was a great thing today. Well, I, I'm a hat guy anyway. I collect a lot of hats. I mean, as you've seen in my office, I probably have 30 or 40 wrestling hats from various different schools and events and just random things I've picked up along the way. I did find it interesting. Well, a couple weeks ago I was wearing the Oregon hat in here. Was it made by Nike? It wasn't. It was not. Man, Phil Knight will be upset. 
but we don't care because they dropped wrestling. Yeah, to, terrible. Yeah, to, yeah that's I, terrible. Don't make me... We, yeah, won't, we yeah. won't go there. That won't might go be there. a rant. But, hey, we've had a big weekend. This is a big weekend. Maybe the biggest next to the conference and NCAA tournament. And national duels. And national duels. duels. Yeah, I mean, that's that, a big weekend in wrestling. It is a big weekend. But this might rival it because you have the Las Vegas. We talked about that. Six out of ten teams competed in the top ten. Rankings are a little different now, but six out of the ten at that tournament. And then you had Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Bedlam Duel, which we're going to talk in the third segment, and Iowa State, which we're going to talk in the third segment as well. But I think the premier tournament that we need to talk first and foremost is the Las Vegas Invite, and you were out there. Impressions. Impressions is I'm not a very big fan of Las Vegas right now. I have been a fan of Las Vegas after the Olympic trials, but I was not a fan of Las Vegas. Oh, oh, you're wanting to know about wrestling. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. I I was talking about my entire trip. Uh, You you didn't want to uh, divulge what went on? I will not divulge. I just know it it was not good for me. I think I came back sick. Although I did sit next to Louis Anderson on the flight home. Did you really? Yeah, and and uh, had had a, had, a, had an adult beverage with one of the guys from Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know which one it was. Honestly, I mean, I Brooks, like country music, but I, I'm not exactly starstruck by anybody I meet in Vegas. So it's like, oh hey, there's that guy. That's crazy. So um, it was uh, impressions of the tournament. It was really really well done. I mean, you, of course, the first thing anybody asked when they came in was about skin checks. And you, you know they were going to take care of that this year. Matter of fact, there are three or four scratches as a result of the skin checks this year. So, or this this tournament, one of which being Reese Humphrey of Ohio State, another Zachary of Lehigh. They kind of knew he was he was you know, ah, he's got some funk. Uh, nope, not going to pass anyway. But as far as the competition goes, it was good. It might have been down in terms of depth at some weights, but I think the competition was very solid. The finals were really exciting, which is something that is rare actually. Rare to see exciting finals in events like this because there's always the shut it down and three two matches that we we just love to hate. <laughs> and you look at the up and down. You're right. There were some exciting matches, and the one that sticks out for me is 157, 10 to eight. Man, you love to see those types of matches. That was great. Uh, Jordan Lane and Jordan Burrow. I mean, yeah, Jordan Lane, Jordan Burrow. Actually, they got <laughs> after it. Yeah, I, I, as our guest last week was was Jeff Jordan. Yeah, like the little lead in there. We tie everything together here at Wrestling 401. That was a crazy match. Initially, it looked like Burroughs didn't have any, any problems with the way Lean countered things. But, you know, later in the match, Lean kept coming after, coming after, coming after. And I think if it wasn't for a couple blood stoppages, perhaps in that third period, that outcome might have been differently. Uh, might have been different. But Burroughs wrestled a very solid batch. He, he eliminated the ability that Lean has to roll around and get some points out of some funky roll situations and a lot of counter-offense, and that wasn't the situation. They were, like, quick as cats, though. I mean, you just see Lean sitting there poised. It would be dead still, and then he'd reach, go. I mean, it was both of them were really unorthodox in their in their style of ties, too. And, of course, Jordan Burroughs was named the outstanding wrestler in a very tough weight class. In my opinion, the toughest this year. A lot of the 49-pounders have gone up, and when you look up and down, it's stacked, Jason. 157 is absolutely loaded. It's loaded, yeah. It's, it's reminiscent of 149 last year, but, and there's really no clear-cut number one, although there's been some dissension on, amongst the rankings on who's number one. Burroughs was named OW. He just won Vegas, beat Lean. Also has a win over, you know, there's the win over the defending national champion. And he's got to win over another national champ, Dustin Slater. Granted, Dustin's redshirting this year, so it's not going to affect the rankings near as much no. head-to-head. But, you know, you've still got Mike Poeta there who hasn't wrestled yet this year. And then Gregor Gillespie, who just won the PSAC tournament. So, I mean, there's very solid There's very solid guys right there. And then all the way down, J.P. O'Connor had a good match with Burroughs in the semis. Thought he had a shot at taking him there in the third period. Just couldn't get in on anything and couldn't finish. And Burroughs didn't let him in on anything either. So that was, that was a great weight. Of course, Nebraska wins the Cliff Keen Las Vegas Invitational, 124.5 points. Cornell in second. Minnesota makes the trip out there, and they get third. They had 89 points. We'll talk a little bit about the top three and how they did. We are going to have Mark Manning, head wrestling coach at Nebraska, on the program in the second segment. We'll talk about his impressions from afar. He just had a baby, and I believe he was kind of out there, kind of wasn't. Maybe had to go back. For, uh, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to ask him about yeah, we'll that ask anyway. Him about that. So Nebraska wins it uh, pretty handily, 124 and a half to 91 over Cornell. A lot of times these tournaments don't have their full lineups, as was the case with Cornell. Yeah, Cornell, I believe, sat five, uh, six or seven starters. It was something obnoxiously high. 
And that shows you how good they're going to be. They've got, they've got some depth. I mean, even guys like Taylor Moore bumping up to heavyweight. You know, he got a couple good wins in the consolations, including one over Trey McLean of Penn. So it's... Let's, let's stay at heavyweight. Cal State Bakersfield. Mitch Montero. Mitch Montero, seated eighth, comes out and wins it. Of course, heavyweight isn't that good this year. Not as solid as it has been. Obviously, not a Stephen Neal type here, but nobody is. But Mitch Montero coming out and winning the championship. That's pretty great. Yeah, it'd be two really solid guys in the process. I mean, it'd be a couple solid guys overall. But the win over Zach Schaefer you know, was, was impressive. But I thought the win over Kyle Massey was even more uh, impressive and such. As, you know, Basically, it was a wacky situation where Montero just never found himself in the wrong positions and capitalized. How about Minnesota? Third place. What do you think? They're a young team right now, and I think they show some signs of being good in two years. I think they could be a really solid team to win the Nationals in two years. Yeah, they're guys that need to get over the hump. Obviously, I think Zach Sanders wrestled very well to make the finals against Raleigh Peterkin, beat Anthony Robles in the semis in a match that he just didn't let Robles' strength and, and style affect him. He just pulled him over, you know, went to that weak side and, and came out on top. Jason Ness, still adjusting, it looks like, to 133. Lost in the semis to Andrew Hochstrasser of Boise State. There are some weight. Mike Thorne you know, has the big win and gets gets thumped by Ryan Prater in the early rounds and then comes back and beats Jeff Jaggers in the consolation. So you can look at it as a positive and a negative at the same point. you got a win over Jaggers, but what happened with Prater? And at 149, that's still an, an issue with Minnesota. Safford Toich at 57. Yeah, a couple, won a couple matches, same with Glasser. You know, 74, we're still waiting to see. You know, it's a wait and see there. 84, again, wait and see. Yeah. 97, eh, wait and see. So. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota, I think, is you know had a relatively good performance considering. Good, good all things considered. All things because considered. Some, if they would have had a great tournament, if those ants I was talking about earlier would have stepped up and won a couple more matches and, you know, hit those high placement rounds. Well, I'm going to stick at 133 here because Jason Ness gets third place. As you mentioned, Andrew Hostrasher gets second place. But here's the interesting thing that I don't think people mention enough is that we look so much at place and win-loss records. But when you look at tournaments and breaking it down, Hostrasser scores 20 points for his team. Jason Ness scores 23 points. But nobody ever mentions that. Oh, I'm sure. That, uh, yeah, they do mention it, actually. And when it terms of, like, for example, Minnesota won the national championship that year with no nobody in the finals. Well... How do these team points work? I always thought college tournament team points are a little more condensed than they are in high school, which is it's not a, a think a thought; it's a fact. You don't have the sixteen, twelve, the as many placement points for advancement points. Like a, an advancement point in the consolation brackets, only half a point in college versus one for high school. So you're seeing some separation there. Of course, there's also less weights, so it's compacted a little bit. But in terms of being able to get bonus points, that's what bonus points are there. Hey, come back, fight third, get some falls on the way, major decisions. You know, maybe there's something should be corrected to say the second place guy can never earn less than the third place guy regarding the points. I, and, and but but some of that's bracketing. You know, is the second place guy always going to beat the third place guy in the bracket? You know, you've got guys that finish third that never place the second place guy. So, but I you know, there's either way to look at it. I, I would like to see. You Are know, you trying to start another bracket gate situation? No, I don't want a bracket gate. That's exactly what <laughs> no, you're doing. No, it's not at all. Underneath that mild mannered facade no. is a very instigational whatever. No. Um, I'm trying to, still trying to come up with nicknames for you. It's what, not working too well. What I'm saying here is I think that wrestling needs to gear more towards statistics because when you look at football, baseball, basketball, it's statistic driven. I'd like to see. What their place is, and I don't want to say how many points they scored next to it. Why is that so hard? It's not a lot. A couple of tournament programs do do that. It's just not something that most fans are accustomed to seeing. They just want to see a bracket or some agate. That's it. But let's make them. Let's give them a reason to get interested in how many points you score at the NCAA tournament, the Big Twelve. That's a good point. I, I think it's really important because, because tournament scoring is one of the most, I guess, underappreciated. Facts that people know because all you've always got usually one person in your group that knows how to score a tournament, and you've got you see him with a yeah. little notebook adding two and then, and then plus one, yeah. plus point five, and then there's one point five for a tech fall, and then two more for a fall, and then was that a was that a DQ? Was that a forfeit? I mean, it all does. I mean, at the Virginia High School State Tournament, I remember announcing it. Actually, the regionals, I remember announcing it down in Virginia. I did the states, but this is, has nothing to do with the story. Wayne Martin, the uh, Athletic director at Great Bridge would always sit there and hand track the points to match them with the tournament program. He actually, very meticulous with numbers, would sit there and write them down and make sure they match. And if he had something 
that didn't match, he'd go over to Steve Steyer and the tournament director and be like, hey, um, we're off a point here. They'd pull the bounce sheet, boom, there was a, there was a, a team point deduction. So It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, if more people knew how to, to track those things, yeah. but also at the same point, Tournament scoring is not going to be something the average casual fan that goes to watch wins, losses is going to really care about. I think it's an uphill battle. Not a bad idea for more people to understand because I'm sitting there going, how did, how did we only score 14 points? We had five guys win matches. Yeah, five in the consolations is, what, 2.5 points, no bonus. But I think it would be neat. You referenced the Minnesota team in 2001 that had 10 All-Americans. I think it would be cool to have the 10 All-Americans and then in parentheses how many points they scored. Well, I know Kreider's tournament program does that, the Kreider PC tournaments, which, you know, they have a, a bracket update. Uh, uh, I think it's bracket points, and they print out the wrestler and how many brackets they scored, how many points they scored, and a, a deduction. I think Andrew's run that a couple times on RevWrestling.com for various tournaments, but it's not something you see very commonly. And another point, too, is a lot of these guys that even place eighth, you know, it's, it's prestige just to get All-American, but even if you make it to the round of 12, if you get a lot of pins, you can score more points not being an All-American. And I think that's that's there's something to be said about that. Close. It, it, it can happen. Maybe the 7th, 8th. Yeah, 7th, Once eighth. you get the 3, 4, 5, you're, you're getting more points than the guys that went 5 and 2 and didn't play. Agreed, but I still think there's something valid when you have the top five teams and you break it down and show what guys scored points. I think it's interesting stat. So Interesting stat, that's correct. But also, I want to talk about the West Coast a little bit because you have a Vegas tournament and you have a couple teams in the top ten in the West Coast. You have Boise State and Cal State Bakersfield. Ohio State, who placed second last year, they placed tied for 11th. Are they uh, the real deal? or? Well, well they were without injured. Humphrey. They were without Mike Basillo. So yep. those are some pretty solid points. Jay Jaggers didn't really have a, have a tournament to, I don't want to say write home about it. I don't think he's going to write to anybody about that tournament. Just looks sluggish all weekend. How about Boise State? Are they going to be in... Uh, Seeing top ten run. Well, they missed a couple starters. People don't. We'll just look at the scores and not realize Brian Owen wasn't in the lineup and things of that nature. But they've got some tournament points scoring guys like Adam Hall, and Kirk Smith. Adam of course, Hall for sure. Yeah, Adam Hall's definitely one guy. He's at that deep weight though. You never know. I mean, it's going to be bracketing on him. See how many points he scores at nationals, and then Hockstrasser can score points. He's going to score some big points. I think he's got potential to be top four this year. How about one ninety seven, Craig Brester? Men among boys this weekend. No, it was it that 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 weight was just Brester and everybody else. No yeah. disrespect to anybody else in the field, but it was Brester and everybody else. And I remember looking over to somebody uh, in no disrespect to the finalist Richard Starks. I just looked over to one of the photographers and went, "This is going to be ugly." Yeah, and Brester's just his. He's such so an such an athletic ninety seven pounder. I'm surprised he's not wearing pads. And he, every match he had was bonus points. He likes to score a lot. Yeah. From yeah. the top top position especially. Like his attitude, and we'll talk with Mark Manning about from that. From Howells, too. Nebraska. Howells, Nebraska. Home of Brad Veering. Brad Veering, too. Town yeah. of like 600 people. I know, it's really tiny. Harvard, man. Harvard. Cor- Corey Jansen. He should have my pick for OW, without question. My pick for OW, you look at who Jansen wrestled and who he dominated. I mean, beating Chris Bensavanka, big win. Beating Jay Jaggers, big win. Mauling Chris Druin, big win. Basically, with with one exception, for about 20 seconds in the third period, pretty much took Tyler Nauman to school. I mean, Nauman mixed him and almost pinned him in that third period, which was, ooh, you can hear people go, you know, the air got sucked out of that place when, you know, Jansen's working on a major decision and ends up on his back with, you know, one of those Pennsylvania cement mixers. I'm sitting there, yikes! (laughs) I don't know how he wasn't stuck. I mean, he just got out of there and and ends up on top, reversing Nauman to his back from the mixer. Yeesh, who knows? How about Cornell? We talked earlier about they had virtually nobody in here, and yet they play second, led by Mac Lunas. Looks like his offense is coming. Last year he was kind of one of those 3-2 hang in there. Looks like he opened it up a little bit. Those, I think, that want to open up against him and try to t- try to challenge him, he'll score against. Obviously, I think we saw with Nick Marable in the All-Star that Marable wasn't going to challenge as much as a guy who's got a wide-open you know, reputation like Colt Sponseller. Wide open reputation. And Lunas just said, no, I'm going to go in. He was on the attack quite a bit. It wasn't counters. It was Lunas just took him to school. 133, is Jimmy Kennedy the guy here? 
It certainly it looks like it. I, I was I was a doubter initially, not not to disrespect his style because he's very he's very tough, but he just he's a monster at one thirty three. People don't realize how big he is. He doesn't look very big, but he's he's pretty sizable and he's really good on his feet, really underrated on his feet. I mean, he just looked like a bulldog out there. Had no cares in the world. Went out and says, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm going to win this match." The score wasn't as close as the uh, the match. I mean, the score is not indicative of how not close the match was in the final. During Caldwell of North Carolina State kind of made a statement getting a pin in the finals, and I know that that certainly motivated him. The I don't want to say humiliating loss to Brent Metcalf and the yeah, it was but it was, it was close. humiliating. I actually had a chance to talk to Carter Jordan about this quite a bit at at the Las Vegas Invitational, and he was saying, he goes, he didn't beat us on shape. He says, Darian's in better shape now than he was last year. He's in the best shape he's been in his career. He goes, did I think Metcalf was better than him? Uh, he, you know, he doesn't know. It's his coach. He, he's, it's his job to say, you can beat this guy. He goes, Metcalf's the best guy in the country. But did I think he was 15 points better than Darian? No. <laughs> that came, he's like, he just had no idea that the Blitzkrieg that was coming in Columbus, Ohio last week. And, Carter was really surprised because his assistant had wrestled Metcalf, you know, at the Olympic trials and world team trials throughout the years. I don't know if it was the Olympic trials, but one of the freestyle tournaments, and, and he had a victory over him. And it was like, you know, okay, I've got an assistant knows how to wrestle this guy. Fifteen points. He did not expect that. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about the lightest weight before we take our break. One twenty-five impressions there. Raleigh Peterkin wrestled a strong tournament. Zach Sanders did come back, make it a match in the third period. Kind of exploited some weaknesses, but got taken down and taken down to his back early. Kind of got in a hole. I think Peterkin wrestled solid. Sanders wrestled solid. Jared Garnett wrestled very solid from Virginia Tech. The true freshman beat Nico Trigus. Uh, unfortunately, ran into the the buzzsaw of, of Anthony Robles, having never wrestled him before. I asked I asked Gerard in the airport. As Virginia Tech was left in the airport, They're, they were on the plane and t- took off. Then had to land back in Vegas and <laughs> stayed there for twelve hours. I'm sitting there in the airport with these guys. And I asked, I asked uh, Garnett, I go, how strong is Robles? And he goes, strong. He said, I tried to post, my hand was posted on the mat. He said, I tried to curl up, and I, was, I just couldn't move. I just, it was it. He goes, it was there. I'm like, okay, that's where my hand's going to stay. <laughs> said, it's the strongest kid he's ever. Brian Stiss said the same thing. He said, Brian Stiss said, working out with him practice, he says, he can do things against other 65-pounders with his, his wrists and his arms that he can't do against Robles in practice. We're going to stay here. But we're going to take a break. Back with Nebraska head wrestling coach Mark Manning next on Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back. Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman. Joined by Jason Bryant. And we have a guest on the line right now. And we're going to congratulate him for two reasons. But that is Nebraska head wrestling coach Mark Manning. Welcome to the program, Mark. I believe you are out in Colorado Springs right now. Is that correct? Yeah, Kyle, I am. Yep. What do you got going out there? A uh, kind of a symposium for wrestling coaches? Yeah, yeah. USA Wrestling has a, a coaches uh, seminar symposium today, kind of a one day thing, and I'm out here and getting back to Lincoln tomorrow. So, what uh, what what's kind of the uh, the challenge out there as far as USA Wrestling? Is there uh, is there a lot going on as far as a coaching symposium? Is this more freestyle oriented? Yeah, there's about thirty coaches. Um, Oh, a lot of a lot of great coaches out here, you know. Um, Jay Robinson, um, uh, Stan Desick, Jim Humphrey, um, Kerry McCoy, Kevin Jackson, Zeke Jones, obviously the new national coach. Um, just a, uh, just a lot of people that are have been involved with with uh, USA Wrestling and and want the best for our sport and and uh, really discussing and and planning a strategic plan to, to move our USA Wrestling back to the forefront of being the best in the world. And so really had a whole day here today and still in meetings. So uh, it's, you know, I think it's really good and it's really going to be beneficial for, for, uh, you know, for USA Wrestling and for uh, athletes involved. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be a guy off the street coming to that crew and try to pick a fight, Mark. <laughs> Man, sounds like yeah, yeah there's some tough customers now. It's, it's, all, it's, it's very good. It's very informed of and, and uh, as long as we we uh, make people accountable for, for uh, what we're planning out, it's, I think it's going to be really good for our sport and really good for the first day of wrestling. 
Well, before we talk about the Las Vegas Invitational that you won with 124 and a half points, and I believe you just uh, you just had a baby, I have to ask you about uh, your nickname. I believe you are now Mark the Strangler Manning. The Mangler. It's the Mangler. The Mangler. The Mangler. Isn't and, that right, uh, Coach? <laughs> Tell, tell us about this football challenge. Tom Osborne wants to get involved. You, you guys are talking smack with the strength coach and the uh, football team. Kind of give us the lowdown on how, how all this went down. Well, a lot of people have made a big deal out of it. It, uh, it wasn't ever supposed to be that big a deal. It was really a challenge that was thrown out to me about six years ago. And uh, so it wasn't something that was just thrown together. And uh, one of the old football coaches told me at the training table one day, we saw Brandon Ragoni, he's about a 5'6", 195-pound little solid guy, was a running back, a state running back, and it was a walkout at Nebraska, ended up, ended up uh, being the captain a couple years ago, he was the gunner, kind of a wedge breaker for the kickoff and punt return guy, just a special teams guy that won the respect of all of his teammates, but about six years ago, he was in the training table at and uh, he had stopped, we met, and, and uh, the football coach had said, hey, this old football coach said, hey, that guy would run you over. I said, no way, I tackle him, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was thrown out there a long time ago, and uh, and then it came to happen. Uh, long story short, it came uh, came to fruition this uh, this fall when Coach Blaney, our new football coach, kind of got a hold of it and then talked over with Coach Osborne and, I actually was gone. That, I was gone that day, and I flew flew in and got in about noon. I was in Pennsylvania recruiting, and and uh, my head assistant, Mike Greenfield, called me and said, "Hey, uh, I I just landed." He said, "Hey, this, this thing's on today. The challenge is on. You know, you versus uh, Ragoni after a football practice." So it kind of there was flowers put around the inter, you know athletic department, and they just kind of had one that had Question, Coach Jason Bryant here. You said this oh, came up like it. six years ago. Now, who benefited from the six years in age? Is it was it the uh, the running back or well, was it you? Well, that's that's another deal. The kid, the kid I saw that fall, and uh, we were going to do it in the early morning. We we work out on Friday mornings real early at six o'clock in the morning. Our wrestling team does, and that he's a strength coach. He's one of the many strength coaches there out there at the football staff and and, uh, and uh, you know he trains like a maniac and, and uh, we were supposed to do it early September just you know it's going to be basically our wrestling team and him and a couple strength coaches out there we're going to throw the pads on one day and do it right well he says tells the head strength coach I can't do this I got to have six weeks to train to put on 15 more pounds of muscle <laughs> Because his dad had told him, don't mess with the wrestler. So, kind of a crazy deal. So, I, I told him then, hey, this ain't going to ever happen because it'll be wrestling season then. And, uh, and I'm going to be busy. So, it was just kind of a lot of talk and a lot of hot air, you know, at first. So, <laughs> I thought it was going to happen. We are talking with head wrestling coach at Nebraska, Mark Manning. And we've been talking about his football challenge. We're going to switch gears to the Las Vegas Cliff Keen Invitational, which your team won with 124 and a half points, Jason. And last thing I want to say about this thing, Coach, you realize that video went viral. There's now 87,000 views on YouTube. So that's uh, that's pretty popular there, Coach. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm never supposed to be that big a deal. And just, <laughs> but uh, Coach Osborne thought there, there's like 230 people that work at Nebraska in the athletic department wanted to really have kind of a it really brought the athletic department kind of together to some things that had happened the last few years before that. And the morale was down, and he had come to me and said, Hey, Coach, I hope you don't mind us doing this. So it, it kind of, there's a, lot, it, there's a lot put into it other than just getting out there and doing it. So, uh, but no big deal, kind of fun thing. 
Switching gears to the tournament, the Invitational, you guys won by a healthy margin. I think you have to be happy with where Nebraska finishes. Had a pretty solid tournament. I know it's probably not exactly where you wanted to be as far as individual placings. First of all, you had a child during that time. Were you able to... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have Hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get to any of the tournament that day. No, no, no. I stayed back in Lincoln and my wife was due earlier that week. And um, we probably figured that if I had gone... Left on that Thursday morning when the team did, I'd be flying back on Friday. So, you know, I think family's more important, and you know, I always push that to our team. And you know, our family comes first, and we're our family on the uh, as far as our program. We we run our program as a family unit, and you know, the guys understood, and, and uh, you know, it's just very important component and really important core value of our program is family is very important and people in our in our program are, are like family so it's 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 important and you know they understood you know they it wasn't the NSA tournament it was just uh last week of Fortnite. well Craig Bester sh- certainly gave you a nice gift it looked like when you look at his tournament top to bottom he really dominated every single match was a bonus point talk about Craig Bester what's uh what's going on with him right now in the program he lo- he's looking really sharp he, he's looking really good. Craig's a, he's a tremendous competitor. Uh, he's a, just a unbelievable kid to coach. He's just a, uh, he's very polite, very respectful. And when he walks in the wrestling room, it's our business and it's, uh, he's very easy to coach and he's just one of the hardest working kids I've ever been around and that says a lot. I mean, I think he just, he, uh, He's a great kid, and he's got this year and next year um, um, left in front of him, and I think he's going to do a lot of good things. And so he, he had a good year last year, um, you know, and, and didn't quite finish off his third and four, fourth place match last year. Uh, and ended up losing in overtime. He had a big lead. and then, But uh, other than that, I think Craig has no regrets. He's, he's moving forward, and... and uh, He's a, he's a great young man, and I think he's going to be a force to deal with. Jordan Burroughs is named outstanding wrestler at 157 pounds, also has a really good tournament, obviously, after getting that award. He moved up from 149. He was at 149 last year, placed third at the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about the decision to move him up a little bit. Was it uh, kind of weight management, and did you think it would be effective for your team to have him in that slot? Well, uh, I went with uh we had we had wrestle offs uh, a few weeks before I made that decision, and he had you know got down for wrestle offs, and two days later had shot up about 12 pounds, and uh, just I just knew by spending time with him this summer when he was on the junior world team making 145 was a heck of a cut for him, and thank God it's the night before it lands. It's it, <laughs> just because you know recovery time and being able to get your strength back is very important. So. Uh, you know, Jordan just got a lot bigger over the summer. He's he's uh, he, he's still going to get bigger, I think. And uh, the deal is, he um, shot up uh, about uh, you know a lot of weight after wrestling, and I knew you know we want Jordan to be out with us in March, not in November. And so I want him to continue because he has a bright future. You know, I think he can be a world and Olympic champion, and, and uh, his goals have really increased that way. It's as far as his mindset, and, you know, I want him to enjoy the sport, and it's tough to enjoy the sport if you're only worried about cutting weight, you know, every week.
pretty long, and it, you know, can make where you you don't like the sport and you don't grow and you don't get better and you don't go come to practice with the right mindset. And, yeah, about cutting weight rather than becoming a better wrestler. And it seems and, like uh, it's, it seems like so it's getting better. It's got to get better and better. And I think one of his first comments to me was, "Coach, I don't want to do it if if people out there think that I'm dodging Brett Metcalf." I mean, let's be honest. That's exactly his mindset because he knew exactly what people were thinking that Jordan Burroughs is going to run from that Brett Metcalf. Okay, and he didn't do it because of that. I said, Jordan, you're not doing it because of that. You're doing it because it's best for Jordan Burroughs to you as a wrestler. Okay? has nothing to do with Brett Metcalf. Because, you, know, you know, people out there don't know Jordan Burroughs. He's a very respectful young man and great competitor. And uh, he did it because it's best for him. And so um, I don't think, you know, in the wrestling room I see him take down Trent Polson, and Trent Polson's a pretty big, strong, 157-pounder. And, uh, you know, I don't think strength's an issue. Size is not an issue. So why would I cut a guy down and continue to, you know, I want the guy to improve, and I see this best days ahead, you know, as far as a collegiate wrestler and a freestyle wrestler. And so I want him to grow as a wrestler and continue to improve, and I think it was his best interest. Coach Manning, uh, obviously a couple people, of course, us in the studio here. What what did you have to do as a coach this off season regarding the obviously off mat incidents that kind of put a little bit of a you know a little bit of a strain on the program? What did you as a head coach have to do to basically combat that and get your team on the same page? Well, I don't really worry about things that happened in the past. Our program and our our, our team and our program have moved past those things and. I don't, I'm not going to really comment on, on those individuals, and I ain't going to comment on it. Those are, they're not, they're way in my past, I'm worried about the future. So I don't think about that, and our guys don't think about that, and I think it's pretty much actions speak for, for themselves, and I, I think, you know, we just let our team speak volumes about what, how they're handling that, and I think they're handling it pretty well by how they're competing. Coach, I want to ask you about your college career a little because you started at Nebraska and then you went to Nebraska-Omaha, which was a Division II school. That was during a time period where Division II got a chance to bump up into Division I. Would you like to see them go back to that? Would you like to see the D2 guys be able to get that chance to go Division I? Well, it's, it's totally different now, you know, the system now compared to it was then. Um, they went away from Division II and Division III uh, national champions qualified for Division One when Proposition 48 came in. And that, that was basically, you know, having a high enough ACT and GPA, um, you know, on the sliding scale now, the term is a sliding scale, but basically guys being able to qualify and clear the clearinghouse. Well, when that came into effect, that's when the NCAA moved away from, or Division One wrestling moved away from allowing the Division two and Division three because, you know, you could have a guy with with uh, marginal grades going to Division two and being a great wrestler and then have the opportunity to be a Division one wrestler when the, the guidelines are totally different. You know what I mean? So um, I just think from that standpoint, it'll never change. But, I, I uh, you know, it just, it's just way different different era, different time, and, you know, I think, um, you know, you just see guys that are Division two guys that might have graduated, you know, six years ago, and they're still wrestling Division two, right. or Division three. you know, where in Division one you don't have to, you can't have that, you know, once you start your clock, your clock uh, runs out, you know what I mean, yep. so, there's a whole different set of circumstances, and, you know, situation to be a student athlete in Division One. So the rules are different in Division Two and Division Three compared to Division One. And so, you know, you got to have some parameters in regards to be a Division One caliber wrestler. And you know, in the, you know, in the in the '80s, there wasn't there wasn't you know that much of a definite. There wasn't Prop Forty Eight. You know, so therefore the rules are were totally different, but, you know, 
Coach, that uh, that ends the formal portion of this interview, but we have a section of the show. It's called the Hot Box where we lock you into the sauna and we give you five questions to make you sweat. Coach Manny, you ready to go in the Hot Box? (laughs) Sure, I'm ready to go in the Hot Box. All right, question number one. How much do you miss having USA Wrestling's current Director of Communications, Craig Seska, at the Omaha World Herald promoting your program? A lot. I wish, uh, you know, I think they do a good they do a good job. I, I, I just miss Craig being there. I think he, he had an unbelievable passion and uh, desire to really push wrestling, you know, at, at Kearney and UNO and Shadrick and, and Nebraska. And I, uh, we, miss him, we miss him a lot. All right, question two. What current wrestler's dad did you wrestle at the Division One NCAA wrestling tournament? What current what? What current wrestler? There's a college wrestler right now wrestling right now in college wrestling I can't tell you the program because it might give it away you wrestled his dad at the NCAA tournament who was that I wrestled his dad yep I don't think you're going to get what? this huh you re- okay are you giving up on this one wow that's that's a tough one here okay. that's a tough one <laughs> alright at 149 Jake Patasco is uh, currently wrestling you wrestled his dad Frank in the first round of the 1983 NCAA tournament Oh my God! You bring up stuff I even forgot. Yep. <laughs> so I, wow. I, I got to ding you for that one. But my you, younger brother Tim, he has a photo memory like that. He would. Uh, I have to run that by him. <laughs> okay. Well, that that was question two. Question three. One of your favorite wrestlers comes into your office to talk about his future. He wants to become a chef, but you've tasted his cooking. You think it's awful. He asks you, Coach Manning, I want to be a chef. Do you think I'm good enough? What would you tell him? Heck no. No way, buddy. <laughs> you, you need to be a wrestler, you know. Maybe, maybe you can uh, slice up the vegetables for the cook, but you can't cook them. All right. Well, if you're a chef, you can go to Johnson and Wales and wrestle up in up in Rhode Island. They've got it's a cooking school with a wrestling program. So hey, there you go. I might give them a transfer. Yeah, throw <laughs> throw Lonnie Morris a bone up there. Oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. I'm giving that to you. I, I think that's a great answer too. That's correct. Good. I'm going yeah. to give you a correct one. Absolutely. That one to give them a thumbs up there. Uh, no, question number four of the following seven musical groups: Which one would be most likely to be in Mark Manning's CD player? Guns N' Roses, Bruce Springsteen, Barry Manilow, Johnny Cash, Neil Diamond, Shania Twain, or Vanilla Ice? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen, you're going with the boss? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Not even close. Some of those, wow. All right. I peg you as a Vanilla Ice guy, Coach. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, have you done? Have you, have you done Vanilla Ice on karaoke though? We got to get you to do karaoke Vanilla Ice just to prove that you're not pulling the wool over our eyes. Woo! I'd be bad. I'd be gone off the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question five: Have you ever husked corn? Oh yeah, big time. I grew up on a farm. Ten other brothers and sisters. My dad was a slave driver. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a lot of corn in my day. All right, a lot gonna, of sweet corn. I'm going to give you a chance to make up for question two. Do you know what the uh, the name of the Cornhusker mascot is? The who's? The Cornhusker mascot. Oh my God, Little Red. Uh, yeah, Little Red. Or Herbie? Yep. So, you know what? I, you got that one right. I'm going for five for five. You're out of the hot box. Thanks for coming to the program tonight, Coach. We've had, uh, we've had a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. All right. You're a great job. Thanks so, thanks so much, Coach. You betcha. Bye-bye. Coach Mark Manning, head wrestling coach, Nebraska. We'll be back next talking about the Iowa State Duel on Wrestling 411 Radio. Getting a little techno with it, Daddy. Ah. Welcome back to Wrestling 411. My name is Jason Bryan alongside Kyle. I don't have a nickname for him yet, Klingman. And it's our third segment. We're going to talk about some other happenings that happened. Happens. Happenings that happened in a week of wrestling. That was. I'm sorry. I'm a little under the weather. I'm a little little congested. I haven't had, had my uh, decongestant and antihistamine yet. But yeah. anyway, well, I'd like to thank the AAU, Campbellsville University, Brian Smith's Tiger Style Wrestling Camps, Iowa and Iowa State Wrestling Camps, Jay Robinson and Kevin Dresser Wrestling Camps, the U.S. Naval Academy, as Kyle is repping yeah. them tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Nebraska, as our coach Mark Manning was just on with us, Penn State and Coach Troy Sunderland, Southern Oregon University, and St. Andrews Presbyterian for their camp and tournament sponsorships. So, Kyle, it wasn't just the Las Vegas Invitational. It wasn't just Bedlam. It wasn't just Iowa, Iowa State. A couple notable scores we want to pass along from other divisions, of course. The big battle in Oklahoma 
is Oklahoma City University. You know, they knocked off Central Oklahoma a couple years ago, kind of made some eye- eyebrows raised because it was Archie Randall's second, first or second year as a, pro- as a program. UCO says, uh-uh. David James, DJ got his revenge 35-6 to over the Stars in a NAIA D2 match. Also, two top 20 teams met in Division Two. UPJ, a Pitt-Johnstown coach, Pat McCora, knocked off Finley 21-19. And here's the interesting part about that match. UPJ won four of the ten matches. That is uh, Finley, fun here's how happens. bad it was for the Roughnecks, though. The Oilers, but they go by the Roughnecks for wrestling. They won six out of ten matches, and at 165, Justin... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cannon knocked off the number one ranked guy in the country. You win six out of ten and you beat the number one guy in the country and you lose the dual meet. Yes. Oh, it's got to be killing him out there in Philly. The big, big, big fall came at heavyweight. Chris Dempsey got the fall over Matt Klum at, at heavyweight. 448, 12 seconds to go in the second period. Finley was up 19-15. Third fall of the four matches, boom, dual meet victory. Pat Pecora at Pitt-Johnstown. Also in Division Two, number 10, Mercy Hurst knocked off number 14, West Liberty, 25-10. And Anderson University in South Carolina upset number 16, Limestone, 20-17. So those are a couple matches, Division Two. And D3 is starting to get nutty. Obviously, Augsburg got beat last week, right before Thanksgiving. Yep. St. John's is uh, by St. John's. St. John's has kind of come out of nowhere. Coke College has really improved. They're ranked fourth in the last poll. Wisconsin Lacrosse ranked fifth, knocks off St. John's 18-17. St. John's ranked seventh, but it gets even trickier. North Central ranked eighth, then beats UW Lacrosse 24 to 13. So D3 is also getting a little nutty. I like D3 wrestling. D3 wrestling's great. They wrestle for the love of the game. Now. Also, number they weren't the second. Iowa State was not the second second number two. Actually, they were not the only number two team to go down this weekend. Second ranked McKendry in NAI also went down to a Missouri Valley twenty four to eighteen. Big big match there was the fall by D.W. Bradshaw at one fifty seven over Jeremy Ellingwood at four twelve. Second to last match of the duel gave the Vikings the upset over the second ranked Bearcats and Grandview Grandview College Grandview University in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, first ever home duel meet. And guess what? They knock off 12th-ranked Northwestern College 30-12. to 12. Good like things are going for Nick Mitchell there in that first-year program at Grandview. So. You get started on the right foot with a victory like that. I mean, they got a couple solid kids there. they got a JUCO national champ, Matt Burns, one of the great names in wrestling. He's wrestling at Grandview. Matt Burns. Yeah. That's a good update, Jason. Congrats to Grandview right there and their first ever dual meet win. I like those at scores. home. Those are those are fun scores to hear about. I wish we could go to all those kind of. Well, things. you can if you're watching this at home. We cycle the scoreboards during the breaks, so if you're listening just on the podcast, you're missing out on all the score updates in the tournament finals. So, of course, you can check those out. Jason does a great job giving us the television element on Wrestling Four One One TV. Got my KR uh, pen pointing at the pen. I like that K-R. great pen. There was also a big meet in Iowa City. I think was it. Was it big? Yeah. Record I, big. Record big? Was record it big. really? 15, I mean, because if I was watching the Big Ten Network, I would have never known it. Yeah. Ooh. Craig Sesker kind of dug into them. As well he should. That yeah. was, I mean, I actually, you know what? I DVR'd. There's a reason I haven't seen a duel. Because my DVR, yeah, okay. I got, uh, I think I got a field hockey game from three weeks ago. And that's what bothers me is we talked about this tell, today. Tell, I mean, I'm reading Craig's, telling us the freaking score before you show it. Hey, we're going to watch UNLV play Duke in men's basketball. By the way, UNLV wins by 30. How many people will watch that game? Not many. That was, I think, the 90 or 91. Disre- and that's what, game, just disrespect. And then talking about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. It's not Hulk. I mean, Even it's if you terrible. don't like the sport. It's terrible. I mean, I'm hearing all, I mean, Craig's a guy I definitely, I haven't seen this firsthand. You know why? Because I haven't had a chance to see it on Big Ten Network yet because it won't, they haven't replayed it. I'm sitting there looking through the calendar and I've seen that, that damn Purdue-Arkansas Pine Bluff game like five or six times already played. That Iowa State women's basketball game has been repeated. The Big Ten tonight, how many times? And I love the fact the Big Ten Network shows wrestling. But this was just painful. Is this your I rant? haven't seen it yet for this. Is this your this rant? could be my rant. Okay. Even though 
I'm, it's secondhand information, so it's not a true. But I'm just. I mean, come on! You just screwed the wrestling fans. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But fifteen thousand nine hundred fifty-five. Yeah, yeah, that shows people care about wrestling. A record crowd, in-state rivalry, one versus two. It really doesn't. Two of the most polarizing yeah. figures in wrestling against each other. Total opposites. Yeah, and you don't have respect for it. By the way, Kale, Kale's two months older than I am. Really? Exactly two months. Wow, and I think he could be in wrestling, too. I Yeah, yeah. I might be able to take him in, in foosball, though. You might be able because to. Because I am one and zero against Kendall Cross, so I can take down an Olympic champ. Great. In table soccer. That's uh, that's impressive. You should see what I do against three-time NCAA champs in darts. Oh, man. Ask Greg Jones. <laughs> Ask Greg Jones to get smoked by you in that. And he did. Anyway, what else? Yeah, so yeah Iowa beats Iowa State 20-15, to 15, wins six out of the ten matches. I was there. I didn't think it was a... Great duel meet. I thought it was... Uh, take, wow, really? Yeah, I didn't think it was that good. I, I went to a, a high school wrestling meet, Waverly Shell Rock versus East High. I had more fun at that than this. I just didn't think the excitement was there. The uh, The wrestling matches weren't that exciting. Didn't get after it. When you look at a, a match like Ryan Morningstar beating John Reeder 2-0, to zero, if I want to see people escape, I'm going to pop in, escape from Alcatraz, and watch Clint Eastwood do it. I don't need to watch them do it on the mat like that. I don't want to see escapes in wrestling. I want to see action. I want to see flurries. I want to see guys going to their back. I want to see guys going for the pin. And that was the match that decided it, and you said that was the most boring one. Oh, it was terrible. You know, it just wasn't from a, an excitement point of view. You have two quality guys, and it comes down to me. It's 2-0. to zero. That's I mean, So you're saying the match that decides the duel needs to be exciting. It does need to be exciting because you just have people on their hands, and this is the, the match that decides it. There were some decent matches. You have Nick Fanthorpe really overwhelming Joe Slayton. Joe Slayton comes out with a quick takedown, gets it right on the board 2-0. to zero. Within a minute, I even wrote in my notes, I said, we'll lose this match because Joe Slayton... Of course, he's the returning runner-up at this weight class. Absolutely gassed. He's having weight control issues, big time. Well, we, we I mentioned we mentioned this last week after the Northeast duels. They said if you know we, we didn't we didn't get to go over our picks for this match, but you know the way Slayton looked last last week, as I said at the Northeast duels against Connor Beebe, I said he would be having trouble. I I didn't think Nick Fanthorpe was going to lose in this situation. No. Even though, as much as I like Joe Slayton, and like I said, I'm a big fan of how he wrestles. You could just—he just didn't look right at the Northeast Duels, and if he got the call, you know, this would have been the—I think this might be the only case that that Fanthor might be able to beat him this year if Slayton gets his weight under control and is is back to being what he was in Nationals last year. I don't think Fanthor beats him again. But if this is going to be a problem, Fanthor's going to have success thirty-three against either Iowa guy. Well, and Tom Brands talked about that in the press conference. He said that Dan Dennis, who's the backup or starter, however you want to look at it. Actually pulled him to the side and said, "You're making a big mistake." And Tom Brand said in the press conference, "You know what? I made a big coaching error. I should have put him in there." And Dan Dennis was right. And he they said, still won the dual meet, and still so won the dual meet. But Nick Fanthorpe getting a 12 to two major decision, and this is kind of ironic or interesting, so to say, is that kind of the same thing that happened last year. Joe Slayton overwhelms Mac Ryder, and Mac Ryder is kind of having a hard time pulling weight when you get on the bottom like that and you're second a lot of weight. It's really hard to be on your best all the time. And certainly he's sucking a lot of weight. Really a, a big match for Nick Fanthorpe to come out and win that. Charlie Falk wins at 125-42. Not a real surprise there. No. I mean, some people might have been surprised how close it is. Tyler Clark's having a good season. He is having so a good season. Not a real surprise there in okay. terms, with, you know, as far as overall. Oh, yeah. This is Monday morning quarterback time. Yeah, and another turning point match, swing match, that if Iowa State wins one of these two, 41 or 65, they win the dual meet because that's a six-point swing. 41, it comes down to the last second, it's 2-2, two to two, and Alex Sertzis gets a reversal right at the end. I don't think it was questionable. I looked up at the clock, there was a second left, so... My my mind, he got it, so that was the right call. Brett Metcalf looked dominant as usual. Technical yeah, poor fight. Mitch Mueller. First action really of the year, and hey, go out here and uh, in front of his hometown. I mean, he's from Iowa City. I I see West is like you drive past it on your way to campus too. I mean, I actually know that now. Now that I've actually been to Iowa City, you're passing West High on your way to to Carver Hawkeye. Essentially, it's like yeesh. yeah, fifty-seven. Kyler Sanderson, twenty-two to nine. So if you look at the first five weights, it was a pretty good duel. The only thing, only thing you would say was it was kind of a switch. Thirty-three and forty-one. I thought the outcomes on paper would have been different. Now a healthy Joe Slayton, the outcomes I think would be okay. You've got Slayton winning at thirty-three, 
and Gallic winning at 41, and you're still at the same point going into 57. Mm-hmm. And then Sanderson picking up the major didn't surprise me there. Balweg's a tough kid. He's going to be real good eventually. Right now, Sanderson's just – he puts on too much when, when he needs to. Yep. And then we go into 65, and if you'd have asked me a week ago, would Ryan Morningstar beat John Reeder, I would have, I'd, I'd have laid – yeah, about as much money as I lost in Vegas on it. Honestly, I mean, I did not. I didn't think Morningstar looked very good at the Northeast Duels, and, and Reader is one of my favorite kids to watch, and that just completely blew my mind. Yeah, and I think Morningstar's. I think he's happy at the weight. I, I think so I think too. He's happy <laughs> moving up those eight pounds has really helped him. So he wins two to zero. Jay Borschel over Duke Burke, who was a round away from being an All American last year at Northern Illinois. Beats him six to two, and then the guy that really—I I don't want to say impressed me because when you have tight matches like that, you kind of stand around. You hate know. the three-two or I was it four-three? Was it four-three? Three-two. Kind of your typical three-two match. Phil Ketty wins over Jerome Ward, but I thought it could have been a lot more had the match kind of been had that heightened sense of how do you need this? How do you think Ward reacted to the huge crowd? Because he's a redshirt freshman coming off a knee injury. I thought he did great. He, he did not appear intimidated at all. No, I mean, I, I was. How did, how did his wind look? I mean, because he still. He looked good. Looked, I, I mean, I, it wasn't a. So I actually thought Iowa could get bonus here. I did too. I thought there could be a pin there just because, you know. I don't know about a fall. Him. I know how strong Ward is. He's one of the most physically imposing forces that ever wrestled at St. Rita, so. Yep. Jake Varner wins major decision over Luke Lofthouse, who was the fill-in there for Chad Beatty, thirteen to three, and then Dave Zabriskie over Dan Erickson, five to one. This, is, even though it's five one, and that's a, a pretty big gap for heavyweight, I think Dan Erickson can beat him by the end of the season. You think so? Huh? Don't think he. You know, I'm not saying he will, but I think the potential's there. There were a couple spots there where, on the edge of the mat, he had him on his back. So it was. Uh, it was a good match for uh, for Dave Zabriskie, but Dan Erickson certainly has room to improve, so that's kind of the breakdown there. We also had an 18-15 to 15 win for Oklahoma's second dual meet win in a row for OU, and we had Jack Spates on. He's got to be happy about that. Absolutely, especially with the performance of, of David Armstrong, the transfer from Cleveland State who had talked about. Granted, that was an injury default, but Armstrong mm-hmm. was winning the match over Tyler Shin. Now, I guess Shin tried to get after it, tried to go, tried to go, didn't want to give it up. Apparently he just could not continue. So that's that was the three big points that you can look at it retrospectively and say, oh, well, this was a cause of duel. No, there's other one-point matches along the way that it costs the duel either way you want to put it. But Armstrong, that's that's he's starting to wrestle well, and Space was really high on him last week. Well, 18 to 15, that means outside of that, all the matches were decisions, and Obviously, when you have that type of a match where it really is tight like that, that that really can go either way. Next time they wrestle, certainly could go in the favor of Oklahoma State. It's tight enough that um, Oklahoma State's not – we talk about this all the time on shows, is that they don't have their best team, but they have that recruiting class coming in. This truly is a rebuilding year. Well, now it depends on that injury of Tyler Shin. Do we see Jordan Oliver now? Good point. I mean, he beat he beat David Armstrong a couple weeks ago at the Central Missouri Open. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if he's really injured, I mean, he's certified at twenty five. Yeah. In case something got hurt, got happened with Obi Blank, who Joey Fio with a big upset there. That also was a key for the Sooners. You know, last year the match was close. The second time around, Oklahoma State kind of blew him out the water early last year. I don't know. Spates team looks prepared on paper. They're a very good dual meet team. We're still. Jury's still out on how many All Americans they can have, yeah. but you know they're they're a solid dual meet team. And Oklahoma State, as we talk about, they drop down a few spots. Oklahoma moves in from twentieth to twelfth place in the rankings. Oklahoma State. John Smith has his work cut out for him this year. I, I think this is going to be one of his toughest coaching years. And what what he does this year, I think, other than the actual the first one, that's probably the toughest coaching. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Anybody can ever ever walk into yeah, walk there. into that. But uh, I, I think John Smith, he's proven that uh, he can get uh, his guys up for the nationals, and I still think he has the capability with his guys to develop them. I believe John Smith is one of the great coaches out there. So it's going to be fun to see the progress Oklahoma State makes because really at this point, Jason, they can only get better only get better and it's hopefully if they don't get better it's going to be a lot of sunday practices in stillwater yep and of course and less trips to eskimo joe's (laughs) and we talked about it uh boise state still the lone west coast team in the rankings they're tied for 13th with oklahoma state and have a new team in the rankings top 25 pittsburgh pittsburgh solid effort at the at the las vegas invitational tyler now in the runner-up zach schaefer runner-up so there's there's some talent there in pittsburgh and as we close out with the last minute, this Thursday, Northern Iowa against Iowa. That'll be a good one, and hopefully. Yeah, two years ago is 18 to 15, so 
don't think it's going to be that good. Now is see his morning star. Really for real. Now he's got Moza Fay. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Moza Fay, man, that kid's so fun to watch. That is going to be a fun he, duel. He doesn't care. He that, just brawls. That matchup is really going to be good. So it's uh, it really was a, an exciting weekend. And, and and who else do we also have uh, possibly coming up? We're, we put a call in Thursday. So if you're out there listening, yeah, looking to have Vince Silva from Santa Ana College, a top ranked team in the California Community Colleges, on the show to talk about the state championships, the California Community College State Wrestling Championships held this weekend, this coming weekend. I so really hope we can get him we, on. We've, I've talked to Silva before in interviews before. He's a real good guy to talk to. And if we can get him on, we'll be sure to let you know. And so I'm excited to learn more about the California JUCO. I think more people like, should. Yeah, it's, it's almost like... Uh, it's an alien world out there because we don't know anything about it. We never report on it, and we're going to make sure we do it on this program. So regardless of anything, we're going to give a little preview on the California JUCOs. It's been a great show. Thanks to Mark Manning for coming on the program tonight. For Jason Bryant, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. <laughs>